0: You know, I want to talk about your options for clothing. Like, everybody always, like, they peak the first day of school, right? And it's like, I want to wear, like, the new clothes, the new things I have. Everybody wears, like, their nicest clothes the first day of school. And by the end of, like, week three, it's just, like, pajama bottoms and flip-flops. It's just, like, no one cares anymore after, like, week three. But everybody's, like, first day fit, okay? And I... uh I, I might be a little bit different than, than some guys, but I actually like try and think through my outfits a lot uh, at, at times. There's certain days I don't care, all right? If I can wear like, comfy, comfy athletic shorts and like a T-shirt, I'm golden, okay? That's, that's what I like. And so most days, it's just, I, you know, I have to think. But on Tuesday nights, especially if I know I'm preaching, I try and think it through a little bit more uh, for a couple reasons. Like, A, I want you guys to think I'm cool because I care about what you think about me. Uh, two... I know that in general, Jackson somewhere is going to be like taking a picture and it's going to end up on social, right? So I got to make sure that I look good. So on this morning, you know, I was just thinking about it this morning and I'm like flipping through my closet and almost all of my shirts that I would wear are are on hangers because I don't have a lot of drawer space. And so I'm just doing that like finger flick, right? Everybody does it when you're just going through your closet, right? It's just, uh uh-huh, uh-huh. And I think everybody does this. You get through your entire closet, you've gone through your entire closet probably once a day for the last, you know, entire time of your life. You know exactly what's in there, but still you're like, uh, uh uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Everybody gets all the way to the end, and they're just like, I got nothing. Nothing to wear. There's nothing in here. And so what you have to do is, because you never find something the first time through. So then what you have to do is you have to lower your standards a little bit about how good you're going to look that day, and then you start over going through the closet, and you're just like, okay, okay, maybe, maybe you start getting some maybe's, right? And so then what ends up happening is you pick one of five between five and seven shirts that you just know you like, okay? You have a closet full of things, but really you only wear five different outfits because it's the ones that you like. This shirt happens to be one of those five for me. Why? Because it's really soft and it's super comfy, okay? What's annoying is it's also probably the most expensive shirt that I've ever purchased in my entire life. I got delivered one of those uh, like clothing in a box things, a stitch fix type thing, and they sent it to me. And this was the cheapest thing in the box, and I was too cheap to pay for anything else in that box because it was outlandishly expensive. But I really, shut up, watch. But I really, really like the house, and I'm annoyed at how much it feels like this shirt was worth $30, because it's still just a t-shirt, but it's so comfy, okay? But so I like this shirt, and so I wear this shirt a lot. So now, I've picked the shirt, but now I'm thinking, okay, I wear this shirt a lot. So now I need to accessorize it. So I picked the vest so that people weren't like, why does Joe always wear that shirt? I'm hoping I can sneak it in tonight so that people don't automatically assume I always wear the shirt. I'm ratting myself out now. And anytime I wear the shirt, you guys are going to be like, oh, he's wearing the shirt again. But nonetheless, okay, so I'm thinking it through. And then I'm like, okay, I got to pick the hat, I got to pick the shoes. These are the only shoes I'm ever going to wear because one time a middle schooler said, hey, Joe, cool shoes. So no, I'm never going to take them off. That's just what happens, okay? So now I have shoes on, you know, so I, I, so I got the fit, right? And everybody's got it because they're gonna pick one on 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 Friday. And when I was in high school, I was not what you would call fashion forward. I was what you would call fashion behind. Because I would wait till it got like really popular. Because I was not gonna be one where they were gonna be like, oh, that's that's daring. That was not me in high school at all. Joe and fashion and daring were not in ever a sentence unless it was Joe is not daring in fashion. That would be the sentence that you put. So like, uh, I was really into emo music, and so the emo guys just sold out, okay? Like, their pants could only come up to here. They could only walk like this, all right? They had, a, they had studded belts and all of these things. They had the, the shirt that barely made it to the pants, all right? And so that's how what they dressed like. I thought that was cool, but it's too extreme for me, okay? I lived in the, the middle ground here, okay? So I wanted to wear the cool band shirts but I didn't wear the pants that went in here because I wanted to be able to walk normal. Right, and so I just do those things. When I had a man bun at one point, I kind of waited to make sure that it was at, like it was going to be a thing because I didn't want to have a man bun. And even then I kind of admit, I don't know if it was cool or not, but I had it, right? So, but I was waiting for it to see like, is this really a thing? so I waited and then all of a sudden I'm a little bit behind, but still like, oh, those were cool a couple months ago, I guess. It's still cool if Joe wears it. That's generally where I'm at, all right? And so you guys are going to have to pick your outfit on Friday. But there's a Bible verse that I want to talk about tonight as another outfit that I hope that we all put on every day when we go to school. Before, we, before anything else, we think about, all right, yeah, I want to look good, but also I need to be able to do some good at school. And so we talk about getting dressed in the physical, but the Bible actually talks about getting dressed in the spiritual, and this scripture is in the book of Colossians, and it says this. Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must, you must. He didn't say you should, he didn't say if you want to, if you like how it fits, he says you must clothe yourselves with tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. Well, today I told you how I got dressed. I got shoes and socks on. I got a shirt on, my favorite shirt. That's a win for me. All right, but what about humility? Did I remember to get dressed with some humility? Did I remember to get dressed with some kindness? Was I going out into the world today with some patience? Did I put on, you know, did I put on my, my like gentleness pants? I don't know what those are, but you know, and I don't know if I'm the only one in the room, but say like, I did not put on my kindness pants today. There was a couple moments where I forgot to put those on, right? And so we, we go through our lives. We don't forget to get dressed every day because that would be weird. But we do forget to put some of these things on that it's talking about in the Bible. Now, one thing we talk about a lot sometimes, if you've grown up in the church or you've just been around for a while, we talk about this thing called the armor of God. And we're gonna talk a lot about that in detail next week. But from a young age, we make sure that y'all know about the armor of God, the helmet of salvation, breastplate of righteousness, shield of faith, sword of the spirit, belt of truth, shoes of peace. We've got a cool song we sing with our kids, church kids, that has a cool like hip dance. It's the coolest thing. When I was a kid, we did not have a cool song but I still remembered all of these things. And so we have the armor of God, and the armor is important. And it says in Ephesians 6.11, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. And so we do. We need to put on this armor so that we can fight against the devil's scheme because he's scheming to try and get after you. So we're going to talk a little bit about this next week, the other part of our outfit that we should be putting on every day but when we admit it, we're like, the armor sounds a lot cooler than just putting on gentleness and kindness. I, to, I like the armor part because we like fighting. We do, okay? Why is UFC so popular? Why is WWE? We know WWE is fake fighting, and yet we still, everybody still watches it all the time. This one dude, this one celebrity, whose name rhymes with Bill Smith, slaps another guy in the middle of an award show, and we talk about it for weeks we're just like, did you see him do that? I can't, we're just uh, blown away by this. Why? Because we like the idea of just, that, that we're, a oh, part of us is like, how dare he? But also, I wonder how that felt a little bit, right? Because we like the fight. But sometimes in our walk with Christ and our walk with Jesus, we think it's all about the fight. I got to fight the enemy, I, but it's not always about the fight. A religious leader went up to Jesus at one point and he said, hey, Jesus, What is the most important commandment in the Bible? And we would have loved for him to say like, yeah, see that, I want you to do everything you can to just beat up the devil, make him unhappy, kick him around, do all that stuff. We would have loved for him to say that, but he didn't. This is what he said instead in Matthew 22. Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. Then he says, and second, is equally important. So even though he said this one second, he makes sure he says, just so you know, this one is just as important as the first one. And I said the first one was the greatest commandment. And I'm saying this one is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. So Jesus is saying here, what's most important if you want to be my follower? What, what do you want to, to, to be my follower? You have to love God, love him with all your heart, mind and soul, but also love people. But I think if we're honest, when we look at how we live our lives, we, we don't have it in this order. Love God, love people. We have it like love God, love God. Fight the devil and put up with stupid people because people be stupid sometimes. Okay. And we like to line it up that way. We don't say love God, love people. We're just like, uh, I like the lo- loving God. That's easy. He's God. He's blessed us. He's provided for us. He's, he's, done all, he's forgiven us. We, it's easy to love God because he's God. And it's easy to hate the devil. It's easy to fight that guy. Literally, the Bible says his job is to steal, kill, and destroy. He's the worst. We want to fight him? Absolutely. But love people? Now, that's a whole other thing. And when we say love people, we don't just mean like put up with people. We're not just saying just tolerate the annoyance of those people. We're not saying just don't be mean to people. Jesus says love people. And Jesus puts a priority on how we're to treat people in our lives. And I believe this is why Paul said every day, you must clothe yourself, get dressed every day. You wouldn't walk out the door without pants and a shirt on. Every day, walk out wearing these things as well. Something I think about when I picture armor, uh, I know the the, the Bible verse was like uh, Roman time, but for some reason when I was a kid, I always pictured it as like knight's armor. And I love medieval knight stuff, like, a knight's tale, King Arthur, medieval history. I just thought it was the coolest stuff. I loved knights, the swords, the horses, the jousting, all of it. I loved it, okay? And so I, I just thought it was the coolest thing. But when you think about that armor, and you were to think about putting on that armor, you kind of would want a base layer underneath said armor, Okay? If I wear a shirt that's just a little bit, like, the material's just a little itchy, I'm not happy, let alone cold metal on skin, right? You, you, you want a base layer. You would want to put something on before you put on your armor, and that's what we're going to talk about tonight, is what should we put on before? Our priorities need to be love God, and equally, just as important, love people, and then Then we fight that enemy. Then we put on that armor to stand against the enemy. All right, can I be wearing any more clothes? All of these things that the the scripture lists off, it's a lot of clothes. But hey, let's look at it. We're going to be doing some accessorizing. So let me tell you a story. There's this dad, and this dad had two kids. And one of these kids was kind of a brat. His youngest son was kind of a spoiled brat. And he, he realized that if he stuck around with his dad and his brother, that he was going to have to keep working. And he didn't want to do that. And so he goes up to his dad and he starts looking around and he sees all his dad's nice stuff. He's like, man, my dad is really loaded. I, he, like, he sees his dad's Tesla S in the garage. He sees his, ro- wa- like, rocking a Rolex and stuff. He's like, my dad's got it kind of good. Okay, I think I want, hey, and he goes up to his dad and says, dad, uh... I would like the, my inheritance now, which is the equivalent of him saying, hey, dad, I would like the money that you would give me when you die now so that I don't have to wait for you to kick the bucket, because I want to get out of here. That, that's, and it's a very embarrassing, very humiliating thing for this dad. It's a very rude thing to say to you. So the, son, the dad, for some reason, says, fine, here's your inheritance. And then the dad takes off. The dad, or the son takes off. And he goes off into, into the world and he just starts blowing the money. He just starts spending it on everything and anything he can. And most of the stuff he's spending his money on ain't good, all right? He's gambling it away. He's drinking it away, all right? He's sleeping it away. And so all this stuff to where all of a sudden, boom, he's broke. Then all of a sudden there's a little economic downturn and that inflation starts coming up and he starts noticing gas prices are over $5 a gallon. I don't know. I'm just making up a a hypothetical scenario. Uh, You know, and all of a sudden you go to Chick-fil-A and it's not just $8 for a number one. Now it's $8.50. And so all of a sudden, dude's broke, okay? He has no money and he's working. The only job he can find is feeding pigs. And he gets to live with the pigs, and he starts feeding these pigs, and it's, it's awful, okay? So he finally, like, his clicks in his brain. He's like, why, why am I here? Why am I doing this? My, my dad has, has people that work for him. They get food. They have a place to sleep. I should just go work for my dad so then I don't have to do this. It's better to be a, a guy that works for my dad than being in this pig. So he decides, gets up, and he goes back to his dad. In the Bible, it's a story from the Bible, by the way, if you didn't know that. Uh, and so the story says that the, the, the dad saw the son from a long ways away. And he runs up to him, and he's so excited, and he hugs him. And the son's like, hey, I'm here. I just need, I just need a job. Give me a job. And he says, no way. You are my son. I, you are my son. We're going to throw a party. I'm so glad you are here. And at this moment, the father showed what it was like to get dressed in this situation. Let's look at it back at Colossians 3. It says since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. So, let's look at each one of these real fast. Tender-hearted mercy. There's a difference between merciful like tender-heartedly merciful and just merciful. When you think about this dad in the situation, he could have said, "Sure, son. Yeah, I'm glad you're back." Go ahead and go in the servants' quarters and start working with everybody else because of what you did. And that would have been a merciful thing because the, the dad could have said, be gone, see you later. I don't even know you. I gave you your inheritance. I don't want to see you again. That He could have done that, but it would have been merciful for him to just say, sure, you can work for me. But he showed tender-hearted mercy. More than just mercy, he showed kindness in that moment. And, and I'm so glad that our father... The heavenly father showed kindness, not just mercy, but tender hearted mercy to us because he could have just saved us from hell. He could have just said, Hey, you're not going to spend eternity in hell. Where you're going's not that bad. So there you go. But instead, he chose to say, Hey, not only do you not have to go to hell, which is the worst place imaginable, I'm going to let you spend eternity in heaven with me, which is the best place imaginable. See, God showed his mercy, tender hearted mercy, to us. And it looks like this for us being a good sport, maybe you lose and you are ticked. And the other team, you, you feel like the other team got like the, the referees were making all the right calls for them and all this, and you're mad. And you could show mercy by just walking away. Or you could show tenderhearted mercy by deciding, you know what, I'm going to go shake hands, I'm going to tell them good game, and I'm going to walk away. It could look like that. It could look like showing love to your parents and still showing being kind to your parents in a moment where you feel like they're being unfair to you they're not letting you go out last night so you you could wake up in the morning and be cruel to them but instead you choose to be kind it means more than just not being mean maybe it's, it's that person that really nobody likes at school and it's not that you just walk by them and ignore them which is better than most people who would pick on them maybe you actually show kindness to them you show some tender-hearted mercy to them so speaking of kindness he showed mercy and the father showed kindness and if we were honest we'd say Kindness can be a lot easier with people who are kind to us. If someone is kind to me, it's easy for me to be kind to them. But if someone is not kind to me, I do not want to be kind to them at all. It's, it's, it's like eye for an eye. If you're mean, I'm mean. If you're nice, I'm nice, right? And that's how we want to live. But for, Jesus asks us to do more. Look at this in Luke 6. He says, if you love only those who love you, why should you get credit for that? Even non-believers love those who love them. And if you do only good to those who do good to you, why should you get credit? Even non-believers do that much. So what he's saying here is, is being kind to someone who's kind to you, showing love to someone who's showing love to you. Everybody does that. So how do you stand out? When you go to school, you know, you, you, want, you want to wear that outfit that everybody's just like, dang, that's a cool outfit. I like that. But how do you, what about your spirit? How do you dress in the spirit to get people to notice you? It's this. Even when people are not kind to you, you show kindness to them. Even when people are not loving to you, you are loving to That is a mark of a believer. A follower of Jesus is living our life like that. And no matter what. That's how we can be different from everybody else. So it reminds me of this meme right here. So it's just like uh, someone being mean to you, all right? You just be kind anyway, all right? I love this meme. This is my favorite meme, okay? Uh, I just love it so much. So the next one we've got is humility. When you hear this story as yourself, uh, with, with this story, with this dad, ask yourself, how would you have reacted as the dad? How would you have done it? His son humiliated him, embarrassed him, did all these things. The father had every opportunity to let his pride get in the way because his son did some stuff that really hurt his pride, his, 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 the father's pride. And so in our situations, man, when I feel disrespected, when I feel dishonored, when I feel like somebody doesn't respect me, and all this, it, it, it makes me feel frustrated or angry. But when I think about it, who cares? Who cares if I get disrespected? Am I that important that thou shalt honor and respect me? Uh, because I am great, it, it, it doesn't make any sense. In interactions with people, humility means we put others first. That's why it says in Philippians 2, be humble, thinking of others as better than yourself. Next, we have gentleness. Once again, he could have just shoved it back in his son's face, but he chose to be gentle. Another one is patience. He showed patience throughout every interaction with his son. Patience with people, though, ooh, real challenging, Right, when, when somebody is, like, with my kids, if I'm waiting for them to get dressed, and they're just not getting dressed, ooh, that, that, that I, I get, I do not have patience. And I don't think our world lets us, like, be patient. It's so fast-paced and all this that, that if something makes us wait, we don't do it, okay? Like, like, for instance, okay, like, let's watch this video, and it's a perfect illustration of, of how patience works, okay? So, ah, shoot. Uh, hold on, sorry, it's loading. Do you, feel, do you already feel the anxiousness bubbling up inside of you? Uh, do, you do you just feel like the, you're, you just get a little anxious right now? How many of you would already have just been like, well, this video was not gonna be that important anyway, and moved on? Every one of us, okay? Every one of us would have been waiting for this video, and you'd be like, you, you've been starting to talk into yourself of why I don't need to watch this video. Eh, I've probably seen something like it before, like right, like it just we get this symbol, and why? Because our world has not built in patience. We don't have to be patient for anything. You want to watch? You want to watch a cat play pianos with the chopsticks? Boom! You can find a cat playing piano with chopsticks instantly. You know, and as soon as our internet starts buffering, we're like, what are we? Are we in a third world country? We start getting real mad at our moms and dads. We're just like, why can't we have better internet? Well, I don't it's like we restart my. As soon as my phone stops working quickly, I restart it. I don't know if that does anything, but I'm like, I am like i don't know, something's wrong with the, the memory in my phone. I'm sounding old, hey, never mind. But nothing, nonetheless, patience, right? Our world isn't built for patience, and patience is not easy for us, but patience when dealing with people, especially difficult people, is so needed. So the next part of this verse says that we should make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. So we need to make allowance for each other's faults. And everyone has faults. No one is perfect. Even I have faults, okay? I do. A few, okay? But other people have uh, some faults, like other people are uh, have tempers, not me, but I'm just saying other people, okay? Other people. Uh, they, they lie. They, they manipulate. They don't listen. They complain about their tummies hurting. Sorry, Hope. Me and Sean do this thing where anytime we eat, we just say stuff like, ah, oh, my tummy hurts, and she just rolls her eyes because, I don't know, we're children. Anyway, we all have faults, okay? We all do. And the scripture here is saying make allowance for others' faults. Why should we do this? Simply put, because other people are making allowance for your faults. They put up with you, so you should put up with them. Think about how many times you've annoyed a teacher at school, okay, and they have just let it slide or put up with it, or a parent, or a sibling, and they've just kind of gone like, and you knew what you were doing, you were maybe even purposely pushing buttons, or you knew you were doing something wrong, but you still did it, and they just let it go, why? They're, putting, they're making allowance for your faults. So you should do the same for others. For every fault you think you're making an allowance for other people, every, every time you do that for someone, you let it slide. Someone else is doing the same thing for you. And we don't see our faults well. We don't. We, we see other people's very well. We're very quick to go, uh, mm mm-hmm, uh-huh, I see that. I see you. And that's why Jesus says, hey, before you judge somebody for a speck in their eye, don't do that because you have a log in your eye that you can't see. We all have these blind spots in our lives. So we've got to make allowances for other people's faults, and then we have to forgive anyone who offends us. Man, we've got to, we've got to forgive the offenses that they're going to come. They're going to come. They're going to come, and we get offended very easily nowadays about all sorts of things. We get offended by how easily other people get offended. We, we, it's all the circle, parents, siblings, classmates, coaches, bosses, we get uh, offended and we need to forgive those offenses. And the scripture says, like, why do we forgive? So simply, because Jesus forgave us. He forgave us for far more than we could ever forgive anybody else. So the last verse wraps it all up like this. It says in Colossians three fourteen. above all, clothe yourselves with love which binds us all together in perfect harmony. Paul says it another way in 1 Corinthians he says let all that you do be done in love. So we're back here at the very beginning of this. What did Jesus say? He said love God and love people. And then the scripture says let all that you do be done in love. So how does what does this look like? It looks like this. What are you doing? During, during your day, at school, at home, throughout the day, you're going, what am I doing? What am I doing with my life? Playing some video games. I'm hanging out with friends. I'm, I'm going to school. I'm, I'm in class. I'm, I'm at my job. I'm, I'm, I'm at practice. I'm getting ready for a game. What are you doing? And then ask this question. How can I do it with love? Whatever I'm doing, let all that you do be done in love. So what are you doing? And how can you do that in love? Love, I'm working. How can I work, but also still be dressed in love? How I'm just hanging out of the house. How can I do that? In love, I'm just I'm at school. I'm, I'm babysitting somebody. How can I do that in love? Every day we need to get dressed because we need to remember that Jesus cares about how we treat people. How we treat other people matters. It's equally important to how we treat God. How I interact. How I respond. Comf- confront the people in my life, it matters. It's the most important thing. And it starts with you. It can't be, I, I'm waiting for that person to be nice to me, loving, gentle, humble. I can't, it can't be about them because you can't control how other people are going to be, but you can control how you treat other people. And then this all wraps up with a promise of harmony and unity. And I got to tell you guys, living a life of harmony, living a life of unity with the people around you, that's a good life. That looks like less gossip and less drama at school. It looks like less chaos and more peace at home. It looks like more fulfilling friendships and relationships. And truth is, let's say you you decide, I don't want to do this. And you go to school and you get through the whole school year. At the end of the school year, you will not say this. I wish I was meaner to people. I wish I was unkind and uh, treated people harshly. That I, I wish I would have done that more this last school year. That's that's how that's how you're not gonna say that. Why? Because that would be crazy. So if you wouldn't say that at the end of the year, don't live out this next school year like that. Choose every day. To get dressed. Choose every day to wear tender-hearted mercy, to wear kindness, to wear humility, to wear gentleness, to wear patience, to make allowance for each other's faults, to forgive and to love those around you. Put it all on. Every day, I every day when I wake up, I will say, Father God, I put on, I choose to clothe myself with all of these things, with kindness, gentleness, humility, tender-hearted mercy. I, I will put this stuff on on because I need to put it on to make sure that I'm wearing it throughout my day. And yeah, it's a lot of layers. It is. But let me tell you this. If you wear it every day, people are going to notice. They're going to notice you wearing that a lot more than the clothes you're wearing on the outside. People are going to go, "What it is? what is it about them? Why are they so kind? Why, are they so, why am I drawn to this person? It's because you are going to be wearing the things that God has asked you to do And that is the best outfit you can wear. Let's pray. Father God, we love you so much. And thank you. Thank you, God, for giving us these things to put on and help us, God. Help us to remember to put them on every day. Because, God, you care. You care not only about how we treat you, but you care so much about how we treat those around us. And so I pray, Lord, that you would help us be marked to be different this school year. This school year, God, that we would wear these things of tenderhearted mercy. We would wear kindness and patience and all these things so that we can represent you well, Father God, so that what we would be wearing is you. We would be wearing you, Father God. So I just pray, Lord, that you would be with us this school year. God, I pray for protection over these students. I pray for a blessed year. God, that this year that they would that they would get great grades, that they would have great classes, great teachers. I pray for their friendships, God, for this year that at school, Lord, that they would have great friendships of people that encourage them, that that keep them out of trouble, kids, friends that want to support them in their relationship and their walk with you. I pray for strength for them, God, in those moments where they're tempted or where they're persecuted or where they're they're questioned about their faith in you, God. I pray for protection over them. I pray for provision and blessing over them. And I pray that this school year would be a great school year for each young person in this room. And we love you and we thank you for it, God. And it's in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the 4640 Student Center Podcast. For more information on what's happening at 4640, you can check us out on social media or our website, 4640gj.com. Service times are Tuesday and Wednesday nights, and we hope to see you there.